Welcome to Dear Bride Candy, a podcast about weddings. I'm the Bride Candy. That's me, Chris Plaza. My husband, Jeremy, and I are wedding insiders. They got married this year and saw firsthand how weddings can go off the rails. In this episode, we're talking with current bride and professional therapist, Stephanie Duncan, about some crazy mother-in-law stories and learn how to set healthy boundaries before things get out of hand, right after this. Welcome to episode two of Dear Bride Candy. I'm <laughs> I'm Jeremy, and this is Chris, the Bride Candy. And today we are joined by our friend Stephanie Duncan, who is a licensed therapist. Say hi, Stephanie. Hello, hello. I can't wait to talk with you all about some crazy mother-in-law stories, uh, but. Before we dive into that, you're engaged, right? I am engaged to be married. I'm getting married this April. Oh my God, congratulations. Yes, congrats. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about um, about you and, and your fiance. So um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, right now I'm working in South Florida Um, I'm actually working in a substance use uh, rehabilitation center, but I have experience with all kinds of folks. Um, My youngest client I've ever had was four years old and my oldest was 88. So um, I've encountered lots of different ages and stages of life in my practice. Um, My darling husband-to-be is actually a YouTuber. Um, If anyone wants to check him out, his at is Chiz Plays. His last name is chiz c-h-i-z <laughs> um but he plays uh like throwback uh sports games um but that's us we we met on bumble very romantic beginning <laughs> we met on bumble about four years ago um and we've been together ever since that's so like you know like 2020 2021 <laughs> Oh, by the way, so just so everyone knows, um, no matter how old you are, no matter, you know, how screwed up you are, she's like the perfect person to listen to because she's done it all. So we're super happy that you're part of this with us. No matter how screwed up you are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Stephanie, uh, we've gathered some uh, pretty interesting stories that we just sort of wanted to get like your hot professional take on, if that's all right. Right. I'm here to provide it. I'll try to keep my drama-loving hat off and my therapist hat on. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. Chris, do you want to start? Awesome. Okay. Dear Bride Candy, my mother-in-law stole a stack of our wedding invitations to send to her friends that weren't invited. We want a small, intimate wedding with only people we know and love. She's already sent them out, and I'm afraid I'll hardly know a soul there if I let this slide. What do I do? Oof. That's Can a big imagine? oof, as the kids are saying yeah. these days. <laughs> Way to, like, sail past, like, any kind of decency there. 
mother-in-law. I mean, the fact that you just had to steal, it's not like you tried. You, like, literally stole the invitations. Right. But that's really hard. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, like, all these people now have invites to the wedding. Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Can't uninvite them. Or maybe you can, but then there's hurt feelings. Um, I mean, when we're talking about boundaries, that's a pretty brazen boundary crossing behavior there. Just like Chris said, the act of stealing something, it kind of tells me that she knew it was wrong and she did it anyways. Um, And obviously that's very disrespectful to the bride and the groom, Um, regardless of who is paying there, right? At the end of the day, it's their wedding. Um, That sounds so hurtful. Right? I mean, like I... I, I just don't even know what I would do. <laughs> do you think that that has, that has something to do with it, too? That sometimes, like, it is about, like, who pays and who doesn't? Um, is Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that definitely creates a kind of power dynamic, right? Where, um, you know, people feel entitled to, to certain opinions or they feel like they're in charge of certain decisions because they're they're providing financially and I think that's going to look different um you know with every couple depending on uh you know what that financial situation looks like and what their their relationship to the person looks like um culture plays a big role in a lot of those decisions um but yeah that one's a toughie for sure I'd be very interested to see how this person dealt with that with that person what that boundary setting looked like or didn't look like I think it's very important to have that conversation because I think um, in some cases, you know, it comes off as being a gift, right? And then at some point, it kind of turns into like, hey, this is not just a gift, but I also need to have say into what's supposed to be your special day and the happiest day of your life. Um, So I almost feel like that's almost a conversation that you have to have. Um, just because I've seen that happen where it's like, oh, here, I'm going to pay for this and everything's fine and dandy. But then, you know, at a certain point, things kind of get out of hand. But also to be really clear about like your expectations too, right? Like as a, as a couple, like, you know, even if, if there's money coming in, you have to be able to say to, you know, your parents, your mother-in-law, whoever, you know, this is really what I want from this day, right? And this is where the boundary is, Um, you know, because maybe she knew that her mother-in-law was going to try to pull something like this. So, you know, sort of getting in front of it before it even happens, I don't know if that could have prevented it, but it definitely, you know, gives you uh, a better leg to stand on when you're having these conversations after the fact. Like, I, you know, hey, I told you that this is not something that was cool, and yet you did this anyway. I guess it also depends. Does she know these people? Because if she doesn't, like, I mean, who really cares? Her mother-in-law would look bad, but, I mean, it, it's a conversation that her and her fiancé need to have. I, usually, usually with boundary settings, um, there's three steps to it, or the way I explain it there is. So... The first step to setting a boundary is knowing what that boundary is for you, right? Because a lot of us in our personal relationships, we don't really know what our boundaries are until they've been crossed, right? And then we feel that that internal resentment because that boundary was crossed. So number one is knowing what your boundaries are. Number two is communicating them, right? I don't know about you guys, but I have not yet mastered the art of telepathy. 
Um, so I can't read other people's minds. I don't know if telepathy is the right word. I don't think it is, but it's okay. Um, you know, we have to communicate that boundary. And then the third step is protecting it, right? Because if someone benefits from crossing our boundaries, they are going to have a reaction to a setting one. Um, so you have to be willing to protect that boundary should someone kind of overstep that line. I think the difficulty with wedding planning is for a lot of people who are getting married, you know, it's their first time planning a wedding. So you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know what boundary crossing looks like in this specific situation until it happens and you're already, you know, in pretty deep, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> makes sense of sense. Yeah, things can <laughs> definitely get out of hand and you never even see it coming. No. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do kind of, but then like in some cases it's like they're totally fine and dandy until the, the time comes where it's like it's real, it's in it's it's happening and then there's a lot of expectations and those expectations are not met. And I think for some of us, you know, we know I, I know for me, maybe it's a little easier because I'm in the wedding industry. So I know that it's really about the couple. Um, so at the end of the day, like, you know, it's what the couple wants. But I think for other people, one thing that, like, I've learned um, in my journey and also, like, seeing a therapist is, um, you know, we all think that we're the brides of our lives. Um, so for some of us, you know, we know that it's not our day. For, but for others, we have these expectations or this vision of our head of what that day is supposed to be like. And even though it's really about the other person, we want to see ourselves reflected in that person's story, especially like when you are a parent, you know, you've you've birthed this person, you had a vision of what this point of their lives and also your life is like. So I think that also takes a play on, on all of this. That's a great point. That is a really great point because I think, you know, as a person who's getting married, this is a day that for a lot of people you have been thinking about since you were a small child, maybe. And of course, you know, for your parents or caregivers, they have been dreaming about this day or, you know, uh, thinking about this day since you were a child. So it puts a lot of pressure on the situation. Suddenly the emotional stakes are so much higher than they would be if you were planning, you know, a birthday party. Here's another shocking one, uh, just to throw another log on the fire. Are you ready for this one? Um, so in this story, the mother-in-law grabs the mic at the end of the wedding and says, had I thrown this wedding, it would have been lit after party at my house. Oh, how old is this woman? <laughs> is this in Miami? Uh, I'm uh, it sounds like it, yeah, right? Like it could was, easily be Miami. This was a vendor. A vendor gave me this story. She also said that she wore the mother-in-law wore this very scandalous um, dress that she had her her um, lack for lack of a better word her tits out and just wearing the closest to white that she could possibly wear. <laughs> so she was the so, bride yeah. of her life, like you said, Chris. Yeah, I think in this case, it's almost like what you can't do anything about it, really, except for just move on, I I assume. I, my heart breaks for this bride and also my clinical brain is saying like I, I'm diagnosing this woman with either histrionic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder because of this like over sexualized behavior and, and need to be the center of attention at the wedding. But I don't know her. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> in situations like that, yeah. Um, I mean, there's no taking back words that are said over a microphone in front of your your loved ones. Yeah, that's super difficult. I almost feel like if you, if, well, not feel, but I think if you kind of know that this is like something that usually happens, um, that that's something that you need to like let your staff know or your, your vendors um, because like I've had that happen before too not so much and to that extent but just like you know I've had planner tell me like listen you know the mother bride she has a lot of anxiety so she's she's a little off like it's because of that like so I think it's just very important sometimes to let people like be aware of that I honestly as a vendor I I kind of ask like why did the DJ allow her to take the mic because usually it's it's that it's something that's put in the timeline if someone's allowed to take the mic I maybe he didn't weird. maybe she just grabbed it you know yeah but like he also has to have it out for her to grab true true you know so yeah he could have also cut it while she was talking but it's just me it's true if you communicate <laughs> with your vendors we will have your back we really really will you know if if we know to look out for something hey you know um you know the mother-in-law is going to try to leave early and take a centerpiece early or something or you know someone's going to try it and like grab like we'll do our best well no Absolutely. sometimes like if i know a mother-in-law is very involved and she likes a lot of attention like i will go out of my way to say hey how are you you look beautiful you know or I, if i see that the tension is weird like I will, like, go out of my way and say, hey, just because, you know, at least for us, uh, we're not normal floor designers. We actually were, like, re not saying that any no one else does, but um, we really, really care about our clients. So if we're aware about something, we'll, we'll literally go out of our way to just, like, help out the situation, whether we're coordinating or not. It's just it's just who we are. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. So let's start with another story. Uh, dear Bride Candy, on the day of our wedding, we were taking photographs outside the church with the photographer we hired for $2,000. There was one with us and my side of the family, one with us and her side, one with us and all the grandparents, etc. In the middle of it all, my mother figures this is a great time to take a, to take a photo of just our family. What she still defines as her, my dad, my sister, and me. So she asked the bride, my wife, to step out of the photo. My mom shooed away my wife, making the bride cry on her wedding day. She was way out of line. How do I get her to stop? Gosh, any situation where you leave the bride crying, that's painful. Um, I'm, I'm curious whether that was a, a purposeful slight or not. Um, but I think in that situation, the onus is on the mother-in-law to, to recognize, to own that her behavior was hurtful and to do something to make amends there, right? Because that's unacceptable. It really is. Like, I, this is the thing is, at, at the end of the day, like, it's the bride and the, and the groom that are the cruise directors of the day. You know what I mean? It's, it's their day. It's what they want, Right. It, it just feels so icky for anybody to be like, oh, no, 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 we need a photo that's just this, especially something that excludes, you know, <laughs> any part of the couple. Can I, so I actually, I actually have a question for you. So, so where I'm from, I'm, I'm Latin, I'm Puerto Rican. So for me, it's the job of 
my partner. For example, like, let's say, like, that was my mother-in-law. It would be the job of Jeremy to then speak up about it to his mother. But, you know, me seeing therapy constantly or whatever, it's also, like, you know, what they tell me, it's, like, it's almost my job to speak about my boundaries. What is your take on that? Um, I would say... You know, if I'm picturing a similar situation in my personal relationship, um, if it's a situation where I feel uncomfortable or not emotionally safe talking to that person, I would tend to agree with you. And I'm wondering if maybe that's because my partner is Latino as well. He's Cuban. Um, I would I would expect him to say, you know, hey, mom, like that behavior wasn't acceptable. Um, You need to do something to make amends there. Um, if it is a situation where the person feels comfortable, I would communicate that boundary. And usually I tell people the easiest way to do that is with an I statement. And so the formula for an I statement kind of looks like I feel blank when blank, I need blank. Um, so for example, I always use the example of if I come home from a long day at work and my Beyonce is home, he's been working from home, and there's a sink full of dishes, right? Instead of saying, you know, you are so lazy and inconsiderate. I was at work all day, and you were sitting here on your tuckus, not doing anything, and now I have to come home and clean all of the dishes. Ugh, you're, you're so rude, right? I could respond like that and show contempt and call him names, or I could say, hey, Aaron, I feel really overwhelmed when I come home from work and there's dishes in the sink. I need some help around the house, right? That takes the blame and shame and contempt and name calling out of the equation. It tells you exactly what the offense was and what I need to make a repair, right? So in that situation, you know, if I'm setting a boundary with my mother-in-law, it might look like, hey, you know, I felt really slighted and kind of hurt when I wasn't included in that family photo because I I feel that I am a part of the family now. Um, I I would really like to be included in these things. It would mean a lot to me. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she's a professional. (laughs) I wish. Well, I wish I could speak that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Honestly, you You know, and hush. I'm I'm sure we can, but you know, sometimes in the moment, it it can be really difficult. Like, you know, I I know that for me, like, you know, my mother can sometimes get like really flustered with conversations like that, especially when there's a lot of stress. So a lot of times, I feel guilty for setting boundaries because, um, you know, it kind of puts a damper on like whatever joyous occasion we're celebrating. You know, maybe it's the wedding or or whatever. So, you know, I, is that normal to feel like guilt about setting boundaries for yourself? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I'm hearing a little bit of codependency there, which maybe you can talk about your therapist with that because we're not responsible for other people's feelings. Right. And I think that's a hard thing to, to accept, especially if you're a kind person who cares about others, which I can tell both of you are in a major way. Right. Um, we, we, we don't want to hurt others and we don't want to offend others and we want other people to feel happy and light when they're around us. And so sometimes boundaries can feel a little bit like a buzzkill, right? When we have to kind of say, 
stop right there. You know, your behavior is not okay. It needs to change. Um, that can feel a little uncomfortable, especially if it's not something that we're used to doing, right? It's kind of like learning to speak a new language. So, you know, when you just said that, Chris, of like, I wish I could talk like that, anyone can, right? It's a learned skill um, and it takes practice, right? So, you know, I might practice that when I'm brushing my teeth with my fiance and say, hey, I, I feel like you're taking up a lot of the time in the bathroom. I need some time too to get ready for bed because I'm tired, right? It's it's that easy. Um, so I think practicing that too and also using um, emotional regulation skills. So I tell people if they feel anxious at the thought of setting a boundary, I recommend, you know, maybe writing it down ahead of time if it's something that's a continued issue with a person writing down specifically what that boundary is for you, practicing it, getting comfortable with it. And then, you know, when you're interacting with that person, take a deep breath, inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, and then say that line that you have practiced, that boundary setting line, um, and make a promise to yourself that no matter what this person says, I will hold this boundary because I know this boundary to be true and to be healthy for me. That makes so much sense. Well, I definitely wish I had spoken to you before my wedding. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. You know, but I, you know what I think it, it's it's extremely hard for like when you're get when you are. Um, I'm gonna use bride because I wasn't a bride, but you know, you know, brides is usually the main bride. Okay. Um, you know, you don't want to be seen like as a bridezilla, or you don't want to put a damper on the day. And you more certainly don't want to ruffle people's feathers. Like, you don't want to make it a big thing. Um, I think the the biggest thing, though, is that the the word bridezilla. I think that's something that, like, I was very word, like, worried about was, you know, I think that from the outside looking in, people don't realize the stress that comes from planning a wedding, the emotional thing. You know, you're getting, like, um, I don't know if you experienced this, but I did in the sense of, you know, sometimes people would just say the wrong thing, like, you know, saying things that were kind of like out of line. Like, you know, I, I had someone say like, hey, are you, you know, how's wedding planning? Are you like spending all your money on your wedding and not having anything for savings? And you're like, uh, well, that's totally not true, but it's, you know, and then you just get like really random. You, you know, you get the best of both worlds. Like you get like a lot of negative things and a lot of positive things. And it's just really that people are just living their lives and to them you are living your dream you're getting married you're having your happily ever after but what they don't know is that you're dealing with all these different energies um you're also dealing with the fact that you are spending a lot of money time and energy on a day that's that's you know put the pressure on like in in society as what's supposed to be the happiest day of your life. And it's hard to then state these boundaries because you don't want to be seen as a bad person. Absolutely, yeah. It, it kind of brings to mind like women who are, are pregnant and you know everyone feels entitled to touch their belly, right? Whereas if they were not pregnant, no one would be touching their person. Um, sometimes when you're getting married, people take it as an invitation to just say outlandish things that are none of their business <laughs> really right like maybe i am spending my savings and if i make that choice then that's my choice to make you know 
when else would you ask me about my finances? Never. Um, or, you know, people have issues with, you know, people who think they would be invited and say, you know, can't wait for your wedding. I'm coming. Right. Or things like that. Um, the, the boundary crossing gets ramped up to a new level when you're getting married for sure. So I guess like my, my question would be like, if you were to rewind your own experience with wedding planning and, you know, like, and your boundary setting expectations, um, what would you have done differently if you don't mind me asking? I don't mind a bit. And I, I mean, I knew my answer to this as you were asking the question, if I could, you know, go back to Stephanie in, uh, when did I get engaged in February and sit her down and say one thing to her, I would say, free yourself from the opinions of other people and free yourself from the vision of what you think a wedding should look like and envision what you and your fiance want for yourself and nothing else. No one else's opinions, nothing that you see on social media. Don't compare it to your friends' weddings or, you know, influencers' weddings. What feels right for you? Um, and just make all of your decisions based off of that and nothing else. And I think that would have saved me so much stress and anxiety and time and money if I would have led with that. I think that's such good advice. I think that's for incredible. everybody. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, make that into like a big, you know, those like live, laugh, love like type things. Like make that into a plaque and just put it over your bed or just cross stitch it on a pillow somewhere and just somewhere it on your couch. or just like everywhere. How about that? Everywhere. Honestly, I'm picturing like a lot of my planning was done on my laptop, messaging people on social media and corresponding via email. I, I I'm picturing like writing that on a sticky note and just keeping it, you know, on my laptop. And before you send any deposits or sign any contracts or message anyone, take a peek at that and say, okay, is this choice based off of what I want or what other people want or what I should want. That's so great. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up with it, right? You know, and, and feel like this inertia or this guilt or this, you know, we should be doing this or whatever. But just to have that basic checklist where you're like going through and saying, hey, what is this really about? Is this really what's important? Like having that one backstop really prevents things from snowballing to a place where you don't want them to be. 100%. So do you have any other like last little bit of advice to share with prospective brides? (laughs) Um, I would say, you know, enjoy the process because, you know, ideally this only happens once. And even if it's your second, third, fourth time getting married, this is a, a really special time in your life. This is not something that, that comes up often in life. It's something to be treasured and enjoyed. So don't rush anything. Feel really good about the decisions you're making. Um, and listen to, you know, I feel like sometimes when I'm making a decision, I get this internal feeling. And I know looking back on wedding planning, there were times where I was signing a contract and I kind of felt this like weird feeling in my stomach or this feeling of dread of like, ooh, something feels a little off here, but I'm going to do it anyways because, you know, other people told me that this is a beautiful venue or, you know, this planner is the best planner. Um, 
listen to that that voice and and trust yourself in that and just lead with that enjoy the process um and i think if you start there and end there then it's going to be a beautiful day and everything you dreamed of and book bride candy (laughs) thank thank you so much (laughs) i really wish i had i really wish i had the opportunity to do your wedding i know that you know, you're going to have something a lot smaller than what you were going to have. But if I could have at least done your bouquet, I would have loved to. Every uh, birthday party and baby shower and anything else that I have in South Florida, it's all you guys. Oh, thank you. you. Well, listen, I you have been incredible. Um, again, I wish I would have spoke to you like. Well, we've been married for, like, what, two months? Yeah. Uh, like, five months ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But I'm really glad. I feel like you've done, like, you've put a lot of good input into, um, you know, other people's situations and then, you know, also helping them because it's hard. I think getting married is very difficult. You feel very alone a lot of the time. I know for me, like, a lot of my friends did not have a wedding and, and hadn't gotten married and... I felt very alone. You know, you didn't know what to do. And, you know, your your husband-to-be, and you know, didn't was going through the same thing and also was feeling the same feelings. And it's also nice. To, I, I think for me, if, if I could have done anything different um, was I wish I would have seen a therapist just to be able to not feel alone um, and just be able to process everything versus just feeling like you had to do everything on your own. I think that's yeah, I, that's great insight. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, there's there's so much that just snowballs at you all at once. And to be able to get that kind of sage advice and really keep things in focus, it's so invaluable. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being with us here today. And thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, please uh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you like us, give us a rating and a review. And also don't forget to follow The Bride Candy at The Bride Candy on any of the social platforms and that's it for today yes please give us any feedback lots of love and blessings and flowers and peonies and roses all over the place all week and we'll see you next time bye